So this month's theme is celebrating divine truth. And today's talk is let there be light. Let there be light. You know, we are in the season of light in our hemisphere. This is the time of the, the shorter days, the shortest days, the least amount of daylight and the longer hours of darkness. And all of that peaks tomorrow, tomorrow at the winter solstice. The word solstice is derived from the Latin words sol, which means sun, and sistere, which means to stand still. Because, you know, at the solstice, the sun's movement appears to stand still before reversing its direction. So after tomorrow, the days will start becoming longer and the nights shorter as spring approaches. But there's another celestial event going on, taking place actually uh, tomorrow evening. Jupiter and Saturn will appear so close together that they will appear to shine almost as one. That is something that, we has, that has not been seen easily by the naked eye for over 800 years. And it won't be seen again for another 60 years. It's called the Great Conjunction because Jupiter and Saturn are the two largest planets in the solar system. And even more interesting, because why not? <laughs> it's thought that a similar occurrence may be related to the story of the Christmas star. Remember the bright star that the three wise men followed to Bethlehem, right? So that's happening. That's happening. Talk about stars aligned. I don't know, maybe this is the, the final gift of 2020. <laughs> Hard to say. Anyway, back to light, back to light. Fire and light are traditional symbols of celebrations held on the, the darkest day of the year. You know, ancient cultures use candles at this time of year to represent the holy light, is what they called it, the holy light. Christians use the Advent candle that counts down to Christmas. And you know, before there was even electricity, they would hang candles on Christmas trees to give them some added light. In the Jewish faith, there's Hanukkah, of course, and the lighting of the menorah. And Kwanzaa, that honors African heritage and uh, African-American culture, they have lighting, uh, lighting uh, candle lighting rituals that they do. So wherever you look this month, there are candles being lit. You know, and flame really represents the divine light. And it's kind of a symbol, I think, of divine intelligence. It's that divine intelligence that shines within us, that divine light that helps us to understand, to bring, bring clarity, intuition, inner guidance, all of that. All of that is being represented these days in, in in our time of honoring the light. Ernest Holmes in Science of Mind said, thought, 
which is built upon the re a realization of the divine presence, has the power to neutralize negative thought, to erase it, just as light has the power to overcome darkness, not by combating darkness, but by being exactly what it is, light. Right? It doesn't combat the darkness. It just is overpowering because of what it is. And God's spirit is, right? It's that light of divine presence. And since we are one with spirit, that same light, that divine presence shines within us and is ever available to banish or neutralize the negative thoughts of darkness. All we need to do is to dwell on the divine presence. That's the message. Deborah King is an energy medicine expert and author. And she writes, you have a light inside of you too. Depending on where you are in your spiritual development, that light may be a flickering flame or a giant bonfire, but it's there. And it's ready for you to nourish it and to let it get brighter and stronger, no matter its size a flickering flame, or a bonfire, it's there. It's there. All we need to do is to nourish it, to strengthen it, to cultivate it. And how do we do this? It's by turning our attention to it. By focusing and growing our awareness of the divine that is within us. You know, even in those fleeting moments of inner peace and contentment that we may feel, whether it's at a time in meditation or walking in nature or, or just feeling the awe in, of the beauty of a sunset or sunrise. Those are ways that we cultivate the divine light within us. Ernest Holmes again, he says, ye are the light of the world Man is the candle of the Lord. How important then that this light be kept trimmed and burning with the oil of pure spirit through the wick of peace and joy. Kept trim, the oil of true spirit through the wick of peace and joy. Ah, that's our work. Deborah King has three tips on growing the light inside of us, or keeping that wick trimmed, as Ernest Holmes would say. Here's her first suggestion. Have fun. Have fun. She says joy is one of the most important ways to bring light into life. This is the season of joy right now, so what better time than to take a fun break, right? Just read a good book, watch a movie, take a bubble bath, play, dance, run with your dog, whatever, whatever makes you smile and laugh and feel uplifted. Do that as often, as often as possible. She says, joy is healing. Yeah, it is. So have fun. Her next suggestion for growing your inner light is this. Live your soul's true purpose. Live your soul's true purpose. 
when you're doing what your soul came on this planet to do, you move further into that light. She compares it to a key in a lock. And when you find your true life purpose, each day will feel like a gift. And, you know, it doesn't have to come from your job. It can be a hobby. It can be a creative outlet. Whatever fills you, whatever expands your heart, whatever connects you to that larger part of yourself. You know, you can always tell when someone is living in alignment with their, their true soul's purpose because they glow. You see the light, absolutely. And her final suggestion for keeping your divine light lit is be of service, be of service. Uh, sometimes it may sound a little backwards that you're giving away your gifts, but really by doing that, by using your gifts for the greater good, it actually increases your energy and your inner light, as well as, of course, helping those people around you. And since we're all connected through the universal field, that light that shines from you to others comes back to illuminate you, right? Light brings light. Marianne Williamson says, as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. Just by, by doing what we need to do, by expanding our light, other people see that and can do it too. The more aware and the, and the more we are aware and focus on our inner light, the brighter that it shines, illuminating the path ahead of us. But, and here's the thing, even as it burns, we must be attentive to it. We must have the, our inner, inner eyes open to the gifts that are around us, open to the possibilities that are always swirling around, we need to be ready and receptive at all times. So even as that light glows, we need to be ready. We need to be receptive to more. It reminds me of this great story of Shiva and Shakti, the divine couple in Hinduism. The story goes like this. There they are sitting in their heavenly abode, watching over the earth, and they're touched. They're touched by the, the challenges that are inherent in human life, the complexity of human reactions and the suffering of the human experience overall. And as they watch, Shakti sees a miserably poor man walking down a road. His clothes are shabby. His sandals are tied together with a rope. And her heart is touched with compassion for his struggle. And so she turns to her divine husband and begs him to give the man some gold. Shiva looks at the man for a long moment and, and then he says, dearest wife, I can't do that. And she's astounded. She says, well, why? What do you mean? You're the Lord of the universe. Why can't you do this simple thing? 
And Shiva replies, I can't give this to him because he's not ready to receive it. And Shakti becomes angry and she says, do you mean to tell me that you can't drop a bag of gold in his path? Shiva says, surely I can, but that's quite another thing. She says, please, husband. And okay, so Shiva drops a bag of gold in the man's path. Meanwhile, the man walks along thinking to himself, I wonder if I'm going to find dinner tonight or if I'm going to go hungry again. And turning a bend in the road, he, he sees something on the path that's in his way. And he goes, ah, look at that, a large rock. How fortunate that I've seen it. I might have torn these poor sandals of mine even further. And he carefully steps over the bag of gold and goes on his way. The moral of the story, life drops many bags of gold in our path, but rarely do they look like what they are. So even when our path is illuminated by that inner light, we must keep our inner eyes open to the gifts around us. And, you know, there are so many gifts, so many gifts, even when they may not look like what we think they should you know, I've been reading a book called God Winks. I love that term, God Winks. You know, it's those times where coincidences happen, those synchronicities that we often shrug off in, at, at the time and then later look back on them and go see some really intricate patterns of how one experience led to another, to another, and this wonderful gift arrived. Right? There's a, a, an example of that. A man woke up Monday morning feeling ill, but decided, you know, he has to go to work because he needed the money. At 3 p.m., he got laid off. On his drive home, he got a flat tire. He goes to the trunk, finds out that his spare is flat too. Meanwhile, a man in a BMW pulls over and gave him a ride home. They chat. And the man offers him a job, which he starts the next day, right? Boom, boom, just like that. <laughs> and I think we all have stories of how sudden and surprising events turned up and, and worked out for the better, even in the darkest times, even the hardest and the worst times, things had shown up to be better. In fact, often, I think it's the times of despair that the light seems most likely to appear. You know, it's, it's because we finally surrender and we open to the divine light, the divine intelligence, and that's what creates the, the surprising new possibilities that we never even imagined could happen. Richard Rohr writes, Darkness is always present alongside the light. Pure light blinds. Shadows are required for our seeing. We know the light most fully in contrast to its opposite, the dark. Right? It's the contrast. It's the contrast that allows us to see and appreciate the light. And they're both necessary. Light and dark, right? It's all God 
It's all God. And it's God in infinite activity, always. So, here's my invitation to you. I just encourage you to use this time, this time of the darkness, as we move into the light, to grow the light that is already inside you. Cultivate it. Expand it. Ripple it. Let it ripple out to radiate from you, to touch and to heal. Be the light that you want to see in the world and shine bright and brave and let there be light. Thank you. <laughs>